Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. into his presence every time we come together sometimes it may sound rough and it may it may just say hey let's just uh, let's just sing whatever it is you go with the flow of what god is doing at the moment and we will press in and we'll break through that word breakthrough i want you to hold on to that i'm not preaching at all today but we're going to hear a name here in just a little bit a name perez his name means breakthrough someone go ahead and say breakthrough, breakthrough. so i believe the lord is uh, in this place today, he has a word for us. If you're watching online, we, we welcome you. We, we, we share this message with somebody else. God is doing something around this, around this country right now in the time and season we're in. And we're in tune with God right here at Central Church of God. He's speaking to us. So let's, as we get into this message, let's make a declaration. Grab your Bibles. Let's hold it up. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's Word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with me now to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 11. We only have a few chapters left, and I believe at the time of the year he's going to get us through it, trusting that. And I'm being sensitive to him. It's just interesting in the timing how he brings us back to the story just at the right time for, for his reasons. We finished a few weeks ago. We looked at chapter 10. If you remember the end of chapter 10, they're making this covenant with God after they rebuilt the, the wall. The city's being rebuilt, restored. God has given them back their home. And they are convicted by hearing the word of the Lord. Remember, they were hearing the word read out and it convicted their hearts. But then we we realize that that it's like the joy of the Lord is our strength. Don't get down. Get get strong in the Lord. Let him give you the joy because you're no longer slaves to sin. You're no longer bound by uh, sin and shame. You've been set free. We need to walk in that. And and, uh, we've been justified uh, we, we've been we, we've been forgiven. We've been justified in that we have not. We don't have to be guilty of that. He, God justifies us. Jesus forgives us, and we're no longer holding on to those sins. Uh, they're not attached to us anymore. We've been forgiven, and so we we celebrate that because we hear that from the Word of God. The people in, in Nehemiah's time they were hearing that. Don't stand in the in the sorrows of your of the past, but you need to rejoice in the Lord because He's brought you through. He's brought you back to this place to rebuild. For the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God he had, he had a, a purpose. purpose. And, and this, this is the covenant they said at the end of verse 10. They said, we will not neglect the house of the Lord. This is how they ended that, how chapter 10 ends. We will not neglect the house of the Lord. We're going to keep this covenant. So now we go in chapter 11. Let me just lay it out for you. We're just going to focus on the first few verses. The rest of the chapter is a lot of genealogy again of the, the priests and those that were coming back into the land. But I want you to hear a little bit of the beginning of it because this is what's happening now that the wall has been built and the the land is being taken over again, the the area of Judea, Jerusalem. This is what it says in verse 11. I want you to have this thought about inhabiting the city. 
The Lord wants us to inhabit the city. He is with us to inhabit the city. And he's given his promise to the people of Israel. You're able to go back in Jerusalem and inhabit the place I prepared for you that I gave you that was taken away from you. Why was it taken away? Because of their disobedience to God. But God is a God who keeps his promises. Amen? And he said, I was going to restore my people. And so this is where we're at. The, the wall has been, been built, and now it's time to find out where you're going to live. Now the leaders of the people dwelt at Jerusalem, and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to, the, to dwell in Jerusalem. Sounds like tithing, doesn't it? <laughs> he says, I'm going to have a tenth of those to come in and be inside the city of Jerusalem, the holy city. And nine-tenths were to dwell in other cities around Everybody couldn't live there. They, they wanted to inhabit the, the city and the area that God gave them. I mean, God wants to give us a lot more than we have our eyes on. I'm, I'm, I'm declaring right now, the Lord doesn't want us only to be a beacon of light to Portage. We're already seeing people that come from South Haven, and, but South Lake is right on our, our, our border right here, and we need more from South Lake. We need a, we need a, there, there's a Pentecostal church right here that wants to minister to them. There's other good churches in South Lake they can go, but there's people that are not going to church right there, and they're right here beside us. How many ever say, say this word with me? Gary. It's right around the corner. Lord, I pray for people in Gary to feel welcome to come over here in the portage to worship with us. How many enjoy Sister Elizabeth praying this morning? I want more cultures in our church. He's got something bigger for us than what we got our eyes on. Not just an Hispanic culture, not just a, a black culture, not just a white culture. Lord, we're open for whatever you're going to do, bringing in. We want to worship together under the name of Jesus Christ. So it may, work, it may look different someday. It's going to look something different someday. There may be some songs that we just pause and we sing in Spanish. I don't know any songs yet. I know one, but I'm not allowed to sing it. I learned it in school, and it was Dame and Beso. It means give me a kiss. I don't remember the words, but I do remember the line, and I ask my wife every once in a while, Dame and Beso. But we're going to hear some songs in other languages. You may not understand the words, but you'll connect with the spirit of what's going on. We're worshiping God. We're worshiping the same God. We're worshiping the same Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you handle that? Are you ready for that? So they're inha we're inhabiting the city. God wants to inhabit the city. And if you look at it, just a, some statistics for even Portage itself, the second highest uh, population outside of Caucasian is the Hispanic community in Portage. We have a harvest field. Can I just even go back farther before I came? And I shared this before at other times, but just the Lord just dropped this in my mind again. When I was sitting at the General Assembly, in 2018, and we were waiting to, to even come to interview, like the, in the, the following Sunday, we were going to come here and interview to, to be your pastor. While I was in a leadership meeting at the General Assembly, and, and I had this thought, I'm like, I, I think something's about to change, and we may be going to Portage, and the Lord had me write down, what harvest field are they not reaching? What people group are they not reaching? That's there right now, and I want to let you know, it's probably the Hispanic group. They're all around us. And we're not just going to limit it to one. But, Lord, we want to be a safe haven. We want to evangelize the lost and hurting. So, God, help us, Lord Jesus. Verse 2. And the people blessed all the men who were willingly 
offering themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. They, they understood that, that there was still tension there. There were still some enemies there that wanted to come against. You know that Sambalat and, and Tobiah, they didn't just give up. They, they didn't just disappear. There's still tension there. How many knows the enemy is always going to bring tension and conflict? He's not just going to go away. So we need to bless the ones like, I'm digging in. I'm staying right here. I, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm seeing what God is saying I'm going to do, and we're going to be faithful in. And so we pray a blessing over those. This is what's happening here. Verse 3. These are the heads of the province who dwelt in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judea, everyone dwelt in his own possession in their, in their cities. And it begins to, to list out some people, the descendants of Solomon. Also, verse 4, in Jerusalem dwelt some of the children of Judah. I want you to hear that name. Say Judah. Judah. It's important. The children of Judah. Children of Benjamin. It's going to start listing that later on in the genealogy. The children of Judah, and it, and it gives us this list of who they are. And then I want you to read this last line. The son of Malhael of the children of Perez. In this lineage that we're getting here, the son of Uzziah, and the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, uh, the son of Sephathiah, the son of Maliel, the children of Perez. This is an important person uh, in the lineage of, uh, of Abraham that is, that is here. I'll, I'll show you that in a minute. But these are the ones that are going to be dwelling in Judah. They're going to be in Jerusalem. And Messiah, the son of Barak, the son of Kohosai, the son of Hazariah, the son of Adonai, Hadarai, the son of Joharib, the son of Zechariah, the son of Shilinai, all the sons of Perez, listen, verse 6, all the sons of Perez who dwelt at Jerusalem were 468, say it with me, valiant men. Now, I know I just gave you some seed right there. We're not going to stay on Perez this morning, but I want you to get this in your heart. Be praying about, Lord, what does this mean for us? What does this mean in, in your word of inhabiting city? And Perez is significant. But I want to take you to some things to, to lead us into who even Perez was. So we're going to get into his story later, but I've got to go back to Genesis chapter 17. And in Genesis chapter 17, I want you to have this thought that God wants to inhabit our families, inhabiting our families. And he goes to Abraham. In verse 1, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and, and said, I am, a, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I want to say right now, that's not something that God is saying just to Abraham. He's saying that to every one of us, that we are to walk uh, before him. And be holy, be blameless. Verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. I know this is a promise to Abraham, but I also want to declare right now that the Lord wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your descendants. He wants to live in your home. He wants to live in your children's home. He wants to dwell there and rule there. And so we begin to declare. But it, back up. What is it? We have to walk blameless. We have to walk like we've been justified. When we really capture what justification is, that the sins that we've committed, they're not just on our record and being marked out. They've been erased no one can see them. It's not that there's just a, an X beside it and say, well, don't count that one against them. It's there. 
It is to be a race to never be brought up against us again. The enemy can't bring it up. Anybody else can't bring it up. Once you get it under the blood and you've been justified, it's just like you didn't do it. Uh, the enemy can't hold you down from sins of the past. But what we need to do is walk in his holiness, walk in his righteousness, and begin to declare that over our homes. Lord, this is going to be a home that's dedicated for you. And I will make this covenant between you and me, and I will multiply you exceedingly. No longer, this is where he gets this name change. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. There's something about a name change. Amen? There's been people who, who've had some bad track records in their life. And people know them by a certain name. But when they get their life changed and, and straightened up, uh, they kind of get away from that name and they go by another name. They don't want to they go by the nickname everybody knew them by. They want to go by a new name and because they want that new identity. I'm going to let you know you have a new identity in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm old school uh, to, to a lot of degrees, and, and I still call people brother and sister. And here's the reason why I do it. It's not because it was just the culture I grew up in as part of it. It's not just because it's, a, it's catchy. It's because you are a brother and sister in Christ. What's our mission? We want to connect people to God and to connect them to the family of God, right? They're my brother and sister in Christ. It's a term of endearment. And I know the younger generation is like, oh, that sounds weird. Don't, don't think it sounds weird. I, I want you to know you're my brother and you're my sister. I, I love you. This is a term that we use for one another to show affection. If you don't want to use it, you don't have to. But I use it. And I want to tell you it's not because it's just I grew up in the church of God. It's because I'm a part of the family of God, and I recognize those who are part of the family with me, and there's something special about being in his family. That's just a side note. You don't have to give anything extra for that today. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but, Abra or Abram, but Abraham. I'm making you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, look at this, and kings shall come from you. God has a plan for the lineage of Abraham. God has a plan to, for the lineage of Abraham not just to impact one generation, but to impact another generation. Can I just tell you right now that God has a plan in your lives, uh, not just to make an impact in this generation, but God wants to use you to touch your children, to touch their children, to make an impact in the next generation, the generation that we're in. And as the Lord tarries, we don't know how long it's going to be. It could be at any moment uh, and that's what we've been preaching about uh, in the twinkling of an eye, right? Uh, as a thief cometh in the night, uh, Jesus Christ is on his way back to call this church. But until then, we have to be found faithful in doing what God has called us to do. And until he is returned, we'll be patient. But we want our generation to be impacted and the next generation to be impacted. And God wants to use us, so go ahead and get declared. You have a grandson, you're a grandchild. Uh, they may not be a preacher. It doesn't mean everybody's called to be a preacher, but everybody's been called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm praying right now that there's going to be those who are going to fall in love with evangelism, that they're going to fall in love with witnessing, and it's going to be your children that are doing it. Tanya has a precious video. I just had, she's, she, she shared with us, it's her granddaughter, Everly. She's in the back of the car, and Ashley, her mom, was just recording a little bit of this. She's like, I got a problem with some kids at school. They don't love Jesus. If they got a problem with Jesus, they got a problem with me. And she's sharing this, and she's like, Jesus gives us joy. 
And she's just going on and on about how good Jesus is. I don't understand why they don't love him. I don't either. They need to know about Jesus. They, they need to see the love. Jesus makes everything. He, makes it, he made Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm not making this up. It, but out of the mouth of babes, right? Lord, I pray in a covering over our, our children. Our, our children church workers are, are doing an excellent job. They're teaching them and teaching them how to worship, how to pray, and how to evangelize. And they may not always get it right because we got to do it in love. We gotta, you know, we're not going to just not have friends, but it's like I want them to see Jesus in me. Lord, let those boys see Jesus in Everly. Let them know that whatever the home like is like, I don't know. But they can see some, some Christ-likeness. Uh, they can see the joy of the Lord in a little girl. And I want what you have. I, I want to love on Jesus too. He wants us to be fruitful. Kings are going to come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after, your, after you and in, in their generations for an everlasting covenant. How many knows that God's promises are not ending? The promise of his presence hasn't ended 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. The promise of his presence is for us today and for our descendants until we are in heaven with him. Hallelujah, Lord, we're holding on to this word. To be the God, to be God to you and your descendants after you. He wants to inhabit our families. Jump down to verse 18. Abraham said to God, and he's starting to try to figure this out himself. And, and we don't have time to go through the whole story of, of Ishmael, but you realize that that was Abraham's first son, but it wasn't, uh, he didn't come on the scene the right way. God had a plan for Abraham, but, and Sarah got involved in that. They got, man got involved in trying to make God's plans happen. We've got to get away from that. We've got to hear the voice of God and follow the voice of God. We can't get, can't get in his way by trying to help him out. Lord, help me get out of the way. I, I can't. I'm here to be used by you, not try to help you. You have it all under control. Some of you have been around like that. You have someone with good intentions. Usually they're kids, and, and you want to train them up, but they want to help. Can I help? Yeah, I'll have to find you something to do to help me, but you can't do this. I, I've got to get this done, but we, they need to see what we're doing. But sometimes those trying to help you, uh, it makes a mess of things, right? <laughs> and we do that too. We've got to say, hey, Lord, I want to do what you're calling me. I want, to, I want to be obedient to what you're saying. I want to observe what you're telling me to do, and then I want to be obedient to that. Help us, oh God. Not just say, this is the way we think you should do it, God. Anybody been guilty of that? Lord, if you would just do it this way, I think it would work out a whole lot better. I've got a great idea, God. This is how I see it. I do believe God gives us visions and dreams and, and gives us direction and discernment. But we've got to hear his voice. He says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. The wife that I gave you, I didn't have a plan for your firstborn to come through a servant. I had a plan for your firstborn that I'm going to bless and his descendants to come from your wife. Well, she's old, God. She's too old for this. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with him. No, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. And you should call his name Isaac. 
And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So I want to take you to the New Testament real quick. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 2, we see this lineage that is here. There's a lot of good things in the lineages. Don't get lost in those. Sometimes we're like, speed that up. No, there's some things that are there you can't miss. Abraham. We just talked about Abraham. Begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. His name's here for a reason. We're going to follow this down. Are you staying with me? Let's go to Genesis chapter 49. He's inhabiting our descendants. God wants to inhabit our descendants. And Jacob, what? Abraham begot Isaac, who begot Jacob. Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what, I, what shall befall you in the last days. So to catch you up with what's going on, this is in Genesis chapter 49. We see the, the, the story of Abraham. We see Joseph in this story. Joseph is the second in charge over Egypt. Joseph is the, is the son of Jacob, right? Joseph had brothers that got rid of him, but God didn't get rid of him. Somebody may try to get rid of you, but God has a plan. They ain't going to get rid of you. Joseph was put away and sold into slavery, but God had a different plan. Joseph's brothers couldn't understand what God had in store for him. They thought that he ended up disappearing, never thought they would see him again. You know the story. There's a famine that took place in the land. They needed food. Isaac says to his sons, uh, you need to go take the, the, the older boys, you need to go into Egypt where they have food because somebody there was smart enough to store it up. Joseph. Joseph under the hand of God, a descendant of Abraham, saying, I'm going to make uh, some leaders. I'm going to have some kings. I, I know Joseph wasn't a king, but he was a great leader. And his brothers come like, we need some food. They didn't recognize who Joseph was. They didn't realize that was him. But God moved on the heart of Joseph not to hold a grudge, but to have a heart of forgiveness. Somebody say amen to forgiveness. Uh, we have to have a heart of forgiveness because God may put you in a place where you can bless somebody or curse somebody, but God's not a God of cursing. He's a God of blessing, and he wants to put you there, and forgiveness will allow you to bless, but hatred will get, cause you to curse. God, help me be a person of forgiveness so I can be a blessing. Amen? And so we're seeing at the end of, of Joseph's life, that he had his family come in. Now at the end of Jacob's life, when he's coming to the, the end, he was wanting to bless his family. Joseph is already is, is out of the picture. Jacob is here at the, at the end, bring all my sons in. And the customary was would be to bless the firstborn son. Reuben was the firstborn. And if you read through some of the, the verses here, you realize he skips over Reuben. He, in fact, we go down to verse 8, we'll see he picks up with Judah. And these few verses right there, he says, Reuben, I'm not going to bless you. you. You did something wrong. In fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter 35, verse 22, you realize that Reuben had a relationship with one of uh, his father's concubines, and, and the word got out, and, and, and it took away his blessing. 
Then he had two other sons, Simeon and Levi. These men were evil too. They were murderers. God says, and, 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 and Jacob says, I'm not going to bless them to be and have my name. I'm not going to bless them to carry out. I, I'm going to go down the line, but I'm coming to Judah. And Judah right now, this is what I'm saying to you. You are he whom your brother shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. And he bows down and he lies down as a lion. As a lion who, who shall rouse him. I just want to give you a, a couple of thoughts right here. You're like, what's this lion's whelp? That word for lion there in the first part of sin means that it's a young lion. You're a young lion. You're going to mature. You're going to grow. There's going to be some blessings that follow you. I'm going to bless you. This is, I'm passing your brothers because of the, of the lives that they lived and what they did, and I'm passing the blessing on to you. You may not think that you're in line for a blessing, but I want to let you know that God is not overlooking you. If you're walking in righteousness, if you're walking in faith, God is He's going to raise you up at the right time, at the right place. So don't think I'm overlooked. Don't think that someone else has got ahead of you in the line. Just realize God has a place and a season for you. Judas is lion's whelp. And at the end it says, as a lion. Some of your translation may even say, as a lioness. That word that was used there in the second part of, the, uh, of this verse is a different word. It can be used as a lion or lioness or an older lion. I, I think the translation should be more of an older lion. The younger lion grows up to maturity of an older lion. Why is this all important? Because we know that Jesus Christ is a lion of Judah. Amen? And so this is a, how the story unfolds. He says, the scepter, verse 10, shall not depart from Judah. God had, an, a, had a, a dissension. He had a line starting with Abraham. I'm going going to bless you and I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bring favor on you. Kings shall come from you. Are you following this with me? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. God had a plan and he had a plan way out and ahead of time. Nothing takes God by surprise. No matter what your family has gone through, no matter what your family is experiencing, it hasn't taken God by surprise. But those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're going to keep calling on the name of the Lord. Holy Spirit, uh, keep knocking on my heart's door. Keep knocking on my son's door. Keep knocking on my daughter's door. Keep knocking on my grandson's door. Keep knocking on my granddaughter's door. We believe that God is going to keep moving. Amen? Amen. Don't give up. Don't give up on the prodigals. Don't give up on your, on your loved ones. They may even be saved. But we're not praying, Lord, just let them be saved. We're praying, Lord, let them walk into the fulfillment of the calling that you've called them to do. Whether it's on the job at a hospital or it's on a job on a campus, whether it's at a job in a steel mill, whether it's on a job in a school, or whether it's preaching the gospel. Lord, you have a calling on their life to let your light shine through them, and we declare it in the name of Jesus. You want to use them, O oh God. So this week, I, let's do the Bible. Look at this. I'm just getting you warmed up for next week. We're not done this morning. Don't worry. I want you to read Revelation chapter 5, 1 through 4. In fact, I want to read the chapter for us here in just a moment. It's too powerful not to, not to hear this morning. And you, when you hear it, it's going to sound a lot like some of chapter 4. We read that a few weeks ago. Don't get confused. I'm not preaching the same message. This is another chapter. 
listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down this week yourself what the Lord is telling you to write down as a prayer from the, this day's message, from this passage. As the Lord put this on my heart, I can give you something to pray every week, and that's good sometimes, but this time the Lord is saying, let them do it. And we're going to come back together on Wednesday night for those who can. And we're going to talk about what the Lord is telling you and what the Lord is having you to pray. And I want you to write it like this. Pray, Lord, comma, you fill in the rest. Make it your prayer. What the Lord is saying out of this message. The Lord is saying out of this passage. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to go fast. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll, written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Someone needs to hear this word right. Do not weep. I know you're crying for your loved ones. And, and, and I, I know that we're burdened by the grief sometimes that we're carrying because they're not falling, Lord. And, and I want to say it this way. We cry, yes, we cry and weep tears for them. But I'm also saying do not weep in this sense. God has them in his hands. There, there's different types of grieving, right? I, I get emotional. I, I was emotional this morning, worshiping. I'm glad you can keep singing when I'm not. I, I, there's times I, I just get caught up in, in, the, in the words and, and there's a knot in my throat and I can't, I can't just get the words out because I'm being moved on by the Spirit of God. And there's times that we're weeping, not because we're sad, we're weeping because I know that God is going to move. I'm asking you right now, turn those, those, those tears of sorrows into tears of joy. When you're weeping now over your children, you're weeping because, Lord, as I'm praying, I'm sensing a release in their life. And I'm weeping because I know that you're going to restore them. I'm weeping because I know that you're going to bring them back. I'm weeping, oh God, the tears of joy because, Lord, you're in control and you want to move on them. He's saying this. Though about the scrolls, don't weep. Do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's why we've got to go back to the Old Testament to find out what he's saying here. The lion of the tribe of Judah. It wasn't the tribe of Reuben. Reuben was looked over. It wasn't the tribe of Simeon. Simeon was looked over. Levi, no, because you had anger and you had, and because of anger you killed somebody. But right now, it's a looking at the tribe of Judah. I'm going to make your descendants. And out of you, Abraham, there's going to be kings. Judah, out of you, there's going to be a, a succession of kingship. And one of them is going to be named Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Out of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, King David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. 
Then I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it has been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are on the seven spirits of God, sent out in all the earth. Why a lamb? Because we're not in the Old Testament. We don't practice these things. But when they heard this, they realized what the lamb represented. It was a sacrifice. It was out of the lamb that they had to cut and put the blood over the doorpost that their lives may be spared when the death angels came in. The lamb signifying that Jesus Christ covers us. He is the all. He is the almighty lamb of God. Jesus who was slain for us uh, Jesus who died for us uh, Jesus who bled for us uh, Jesus who covers uh, all our sins then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne now when he had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb I want you to hear that right now they came in response and they fell down before the lamb of God to worship him how many's had your sins forgiven how many's glad for the blood of Jesus Christ and you want to respond I don't know how to respond sometimes it's just falling down before him or sitting down before him or standing before him and just saying worthy 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 holy 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 thank you Lord for forgiving me of my sins you are the precious lamb of God each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. I want to let you know our prayers are not forgotten. They're being collected and they're being stored up and they're being brought before the throne room of God. He hears your prayers. He knows what you've been pleading for. He knows what you need. And we have a God that hears us and we call on His name. And they sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and every tongue and every people and every nation. That's why we can't just be a white church. That's why we can't just be an Hispanic church. That's why we can't just be a black church. That's why we can't just be an Indian church. That's why we can't just be a Chinese church. We have to let every nation come, every tribe, every nation. God wants to save every person that's been born. He has a plan preordained that they'll walk in it. They've got to choose Him, and if they'll choose him there's not one person on this earth today right now that cannot be saved there's some people in Hamas army that can call on the name of the Lord there might be some Israel person that they take captive and that person may say you know what there is a God in heaven and it's not Muhammad and it's not Buddha but I want to let you know God Jehovah he's alive and that they can give their heart it's not impossible for someone every person is able to get saved we believe it. We believe it. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice say it with me worthy is a lamb who was slain say it again worthy is a lamb who was slain 
to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such that are in, in the sea and all that are around them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and forever. Then the foreign living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and forever. Lord, we hear your word this morning. There's a promise of his presence for our descendants. I believe it. Some of our families and your families are bound up in chains. We're going to sing and we're going to declare and we're going to pray prophetically that God is able to break every chain you may be watching online you may have chains in your own life you may be in some in this room to have chains in their lives that need to be broken off and God is able and desires and wants to break off those chains to set us free he has a blessing for our descendants our families there's callings and we're going to trust the Lord today if you'll stand to your feet well, without any hesitation, if you're able, just begin to fill this area. Worship the Lord. Magnify Him. We're going to trust the Lord in leading us. We're going to trust the Lord in what He has for us right now. Just get into a place of prayer, to a spirit of prayer.